0: Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. I'm Andrew Dow with Saunders & Associates, and it is time for another Happening in the Hamptons podcast, our weekly breakdown of the Hamptons market, new listings and events on the East End. The Happening in the Hamptons podcast is sponsored by New York Title Abstract, the Hamptons' leading title insurance firm. Visit newyorktitle.com or titleinsurance.com. We are joined, as always, by Steve Glick and Dave Rettiner. And today, Noel Love, who... Noel, you have a really interesting backstory, one of the more interesting backstories, I think, of of any agent that we've had on the podcast so far. So far, you were in the music industry for what, 30 years? Yeah. I mean, the 60s, 70s, 80s. You Actually,
1: a... when there really was a music industry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can tell us all about I mean, how it's changed. It's... When, you know, it was safe to walk around New York City with Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. <laughs> when wow. it was safe to walk around New York City and put Diana, Mary, and Flo in my car to take them for radio interviews.
0: There wasn't the limousines? And no, the, we it didn't just have kinda... the limousines
1: back then. I mean, I would book the Copacabana for two weeks because they would all prepare, put, you know, play the Copacabana for two weeks. And I was my job was to book ringside so you for want... all the radio jocks, all the store owners... All the um, the um, writers, so you know, I was there for I was there 14 nights in two weeks to see them all perform. So this this was a different time; it was a different way of doing things.
0: And you were just promoting these artists. It was all about I, getting I them airtime the, on the radio I, and both yeah. The gigs. I
1: my job was to get their music on the radio, get their voices on the radio, and, and just you know. Put them out there, get their, their records into the stores so people can buy them. Crazy. Yeah, I was, it was a wild time. Well, so how did you transition from that to real well, estate? Well, it's, it's interesting because I started meeting people. At, in that, that, it was 1964 when I started with Motown, and I'll just throw this in there because I, I did that job for three years. and In 1968, I um, switched and went to a record company called Amy Mauer Bell which was a big singles company and they had just bought a company in England called DJM Music and DJM Music was owned by a guy named Dick James and Dick James also owned Northern Songs and McLenn Music so he w- he wanted to fly me over to London to see who he was hiring hmm. who was going to run his company in America so I went over there unbeknownst to me what was going to happen we had lunch in his private club. We get in his Rolls Royce after lunch and we're driving through down. And all of a sudden, we drive through some gates and some bobbies are roaming around and we're going through doors and in a building. And it wound up being EMI Studios. And we finally open the doors and I'm face to face with George Martin, Paul McCartney, <laughs> no. George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. I mean, I was in the studio with the Beatles when they made the White Album. Oh my! God. What a story! Oh
2: my God! And I <laughs> sat
1: there listening to them record back in the USSR. And Dear Prudence. That and week. you knew right away
3: this was. It, this How was do you it. not this know was the was Beatles? A, no, right away. You're like, this is this is going
1: to be. This is, yeah, this is going to be insane. Yeah. Then, as we finished the week up, I got to know them a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I was sitting right next to George Martin who was the producer of the Beatles. Right. And they were all playing their instruments and listening to what he told them to do. Huh. So we go back to DJM Records and I meet this young kid who we, I became really good friends with. The kid's name was Reginald Dwight. So Reggie and I became good friends. He gives me a, because they didn't have cassettes then, he gives me a tape to take back to America. He says, Noel, if anybody could sell this in America, you can. I said, yeah, okay, I'll try. It was a song called Regimental Sergeant Sippo. I took it back to America. I played it for every record company president because I knew them all. <laughs> Not one wanted to buy it. Well, Reginald Dwight is Elton John. <laughs>
2: unbelievable. That's his first oh, song man, he ever no. wrote
1: that never got released. I, had, I didn't know that. Remember I, that the album really Reggie Strikes Back? Uh-huh. That's unbelievable. That's Reggie. Reginald. Wow. And then I brought him over to America. <laughs> I put him in Paul Colby's Bitter End, and I had him to take me to the pilot with Odetta, who was a gospel singer, 300-pound gospel singer, in this little 100-seat club against a brick wall. <laughs> and that was one of his first gigs in America. That's wild. Yeah. All right, so that, that kind of you know led me to not having any fear mm-hmm. of being with people.
3: That on that n- level. On that yeah. level,
1: yeah. okay? I mean, you're in the studio with the Beatles. You, you, you know Reggie Elton John. You, you know the, the Supremes and the Four Tops. So when I meet people like Jason Kidd or Roger Silverstein, sure. who I wound up representing, Artie Rabin sent me um, a customer, Jason Kidd, because Artie was Jason's mentor. And I wound up say, selling Jason a house in um, Watermill actually Southampton but it is water because yep. mm-hmm. the name of the street flying point sure okay so Jason bought a house and I always tell my customers who become clients because mm-hmm. you know your, your tenant is your customer when he buys a house he becomes your client that's a very important delineation it yeah. truly is you, you because you have a certain standard that you owe a customer and a different standard you owe an owner which is a client so, when Jason became a client, I said, Okay, what do you need? Make, I, I kind of I laud myself on doing concierge real estate yeah. because that's what I did in the music business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the second nature to me to do. So, I told them, Listen, when, whatever you need, I said, So Jason comes to me and says, Listen, I need a landscaper. I need somebody to finish uh, the basement and put in cameras and microphones mm-hmm. because I want the house wired so I could see it from wherever I am in the world. And I gave uh, a friend of mine, Glenn McKelvey, who is, is a contractor out here, um, I gave him over a million dollars <laughs> worth of business to do Jason Kidd's house. Then with Roger Silverstein's house, I, I, once again Glenn because he fit right into the nature, Stacy uh, Roger's wife wanted to put a disco in the basement hmm. so I got Glenn and Glenn put the disco so in the you, you know how to get it done it sounds like that's Joel the, is the guy thing. With whatever all the you need you yeah. make me your first first phone call because mm-hmm. I know everybody if I don't know I'll know somebody that knows and anybody I recommend to you and this is most important they're going to be right to you because if they do anything wrong to you, they lose my business. Yeah. Yep. Well, here's they a, lose my business. They're talking about millions of dollars worth of business. They jeopardize losing. Of course. Here's what's yeah. kind of interesting
0: about this is you, what you're talking about is stuff that happens after the sale. You know Absolutely. what I mean? They bought that house. Yeah. Now they're saying, okay, now I own the house. So you've already sold them the house. Yeah. So you've already worked them through the, the process of buying. But now you're talking about taking care of that client after the sale with things that may not necessarily be related to real estate, but you you have the connections because you live out here, you work out here. So that concierge service, why is that so important to maintaining those relationships?
1: If you listen to the customer when they are speaking and you listen carefully enough to know what they want, selling them the house is easy. When they see what they want, they'll know it and they'll buy it. Reminding them of how you're the first phone call to make after they've sold the house because you know every vendor Mm -hmm. that's accountable, professional, honest. That's more important. That's much more important because when there's a snowstorm like we've had recently and you can't get your guy in to shovel the lawn, shovel the uh, driveway, or you can't get your guy in to close down a pipe that burst, mm. yeah. mm-hmm. you're basically I in met. serious trouble, yeah. okay? Yeah. You're, I mean, we sell not only $300,000, $400,000, and, 400 and $500,000 mm-hmm. houses, we sell $10 million yeah. houses. Yeah. Those houses break too.
2: Right, yeah. yeah. They break all the time. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? On. So you <laughs> yeah, have to be prepared. Sure it when it that
1: phone things. rings and it's your client now on the phone, you drop everything. Yeah. Because you know why? Not only going to, is he going to be remaining your client, he's going to send you his friends. Yeah, that's he's going to say, "Hey, this guy, he didn't just sell me a house. When I needed him, when I had a problem with my house after I bought it, he was there for me."
0: Referrals, yeah.
1: I, I, just, Cust- I customer I, service. I, I got to say
2: something about Noel, man. You know, I, I, Noel, I, I've, I've been around you probably every day for the last six years. Yep, and you're outlook and attitude your positive mental attitude is just so refreshing i've just never met anyone who just i've never seen you not have a big smile on your face when you walk in the office it's like you're just so full of life and it's like it's just it's just such a nice thing to see and it's really you're really lucky that when i see
1: people the first thing i say when they look at me and they look oddly i say I don't wake up and make this up. What you see is who I am. It's, I, I know, okay. no. when it's like it's it's just hard. it just it, it's is rare. What, yeah, it yeah. like I don't make, make this. Often. up. It's a lot of love, you know. Noah yeah, Love, doctor love, doctor love, doctor love. 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 <laughs> love. Love. <laughs> love, and rock star treatment is what you get when you hire Noah Love. Oh, there it's you go. That is a tagline. I love that. That is true. Okay, it's the only way I know how to work. It's the only way I know how to think it's the only way i know how to sell
3: so no question so in this market today why is it so important
1: now to work to get an agent on your side because the market is is so so low in inventory Mm -hmm. and there is so many many serious buyers sure you you have to be out there directing your buyers on how to respond okay you have to be the one that says listen you need to do an overpriced ask, mm-hmm. or you're not gonna get the house. Yeah. You can't be afraid of saying that. I mean, Andrew has said that to me over and over and over. If you're afraid to make an over-bid ask, just <laughs> you tell them you're gonna lose it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you, yeah, you, you're you gonna
3: obviously know the market, have their best interest in mind, and at the end of the day, advise them to save them, and also save them time. So with the market so active and so busy, and, and so much noise going on, you know, you're filtering through all that and providing the information, and of course, providing that
1: the rock star treatment. You know, and I, you know, Saunders is a lot different from everybody. We have a Wednesday Zoom conference call where, if you really attend every single week and you actually listen and yep. you write things down everything you need to know to sell a house is on that conference call (laughs) it's there for you to to, to write down and translate to your buyers and your sellers you don't have to just educate a buyer you have to educate a seller what we do is bring a meeting of the minds with the two buyers and sellers and that is done in education it has to be comfortable for both when one hears one number the other hears another number they have to say you know what I can live with that
0: and one of the things that you know comes up at the meetings on Wednesdays data you know data. so many agents that is critical. On da- data
1: and so I, I mean wanna- I have a contact list I send out every Wednesday you see the data that goes out to my people on that yeah that's one of my favorite things that you do I yeah mean, you always keep It's it's because I'm sitting there paying attention listening to what Andrew is saying because he's doing that for us. Mm -hmm.
0: So speaking of the data points, Mm -hmm. Steve, this (laughs) week's number, this week's data. He's so good at the segue. What
3: What are we looking at? How do we do this week? All right, well, the past two weeks, I've been reporting really high numbers in 55s to 50 pluses going into contract. So again, over the past week, there were 54 listings that went into contract from West Hampton to Montauk. So this this has been... (laughs) It's odd that it's pretty much the same number week over week. And compared to last year, there were only 25 listings that went to contract. So again, you're looking at a a huge increase year over year of 116 percent. The quick breakdown of these 54 transactions are one between 10 and 20 million, one between eight and 10 million, one between six and eight million, four between four and six million, 12 between two and four million. And again, 35 under two million, which again, continues always to be the sweet spot of the market. Uh, We always, of course, pay close attention to the listings coming onto the market. As Null indicated, inventory is at an all-time low. And this week, there are only 24 new listings coming onto the market. So if you do the math, that leaves a deficit of 30 listings. um, Which is 1.6%. Which is 1.6%. So certainly, the uh, the inventory is depleting. It is a great time to list your property for sale. The breakdown of those new listings that came onto the market, there were three between 10 and 20 million, one between six and eight million, three between four and six million, six between two and four, and 11 under two million came onto the market um, this past week. One listing in particular that came on a couple of weeks ago is, is listed with Noel Love, 410 Meacocks Road in Watermill. This is a beautiful renovated south of the highway traditional. Listed at 4.695.
1: No, you know, this, this listing is unique. and Tell us why. This, this, this house, I sold five years to go to these people. They had no kids. They now have two kids. The minute they bought it, they renovated it and put a million dollars into it. Wow. It's a five-bedroom, four-and-a-half bath. They took the basement and made it a child's playroom, <laughs> which was amazing. It's on just shy of an acre. It's got a heated gunite pool. If you went to rent this, this coming summer with COVID and everything, you'd get between one hundred and 175000 as a July through Labor Day rental. It is, at $4695, is one of nine houses in EELA, south of the highway in Bridgehampton and Watermill, that is under $5 million. And they're going quick. And they're going quick. This is going to go. I've sure. had eight or nine showings in the last two weeks. Wow. It's just a matter of one person coming in and making yep. the offer. Well, it's a great you,
0: house and a great spot. I mean, It's, it's,
1: it's, a, it's a natural. Yeah. It's a natural. So you will see that go. Um, the, it, the inventory is just dwindling and dwindling by the day. Mm. The rental inventory is insane. That's dwindling by the hour.
0: Mm. You also have a, a land listing that, that has a lot of potential, too. Oh, yeah. Too, I, that's you know? about to
1: go. I've had this listing now for over two years. It's a three-acre piece on edge of woods. It's um, on a flag lot. It's um, 25% clearing, so you could get 30,000 square feet of clearance, which means you'll get a 10,000-square-foot house, pool, pool house, and tennis court. Wow. Now, there's a builder who built a house directly across the street, on edge of woods on one acre. So you're on the street, you're on one acre, you have no tennis. He just sold it for five point six million. Take that exact same house, put it on my lot of three acres, throw a tennis court on, and you got a house that's worth six, five to seven million. And so, what's the price of this what's the price of this lot? I two million dollars. I can make the deal with two million dollars. Two million dollars. So at so so like two million dollars you spend another three million to build. It's an end. Juices dream. It's oh, a home man. run. It's a home run.
0: He's he's got he's got. anything you I mean, want the the built, the custom
3: renovated he house. Me, he's got it. You want yeah. yeah. You I you need two million dollars. right I, do love this I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean th- but this is what we do. This is what we've learned. I'm doing this 25 plus years. I've learned a lot. I definitely know how to talk to people because if I talk to people in the music business, this is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the data and, and inventory that I now deal with has given me, you know, knowledge. Like yeah, the knowledge. Like the all knowledge. Everything. Yeah, this is this to me is easier than selling music. Okay, <laughs> this is easier than selling music. Because I'm sure the Beatles' White Album was pretty easy to sell. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. I would say that. Man. And I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you know. Marvin and Tammy doing Ain't No Mountain High Enough was easy to sell. As a matter of fact, Marvin introduced me to Tammy and we dated for a year. Oh, oh, man. man. Yeah. Did, did we, I was going to leave tell that part out, but I We won't. need, like,
0: a, another episode on on Noel's music industry stories. You know, oh, it I got so
1: more. Cool. Listen, I got Joe Cocker stories. That's so Mad Dogs and Englishmen. And Aerosmith, right? Didn't oh, Aerosmith? Don't even go there. Yeah, yeah. I Don't oh, man. even do. it. I know where the bones are buried. I know where the closet doors can open. Let me I, put it that I way. I can only imagine. No, I'll give you one more. When they did Mad Dogs and Englishmen, they recorded it at... Bill Grahams, Bill Maurice. I brought Nathan's in for the sound check at three o'clock and on the stage we did hot dogs, hamburgers, french fries and corn on the cob for the whole crew. Wow. And then that night they we recorded the album and me and my brother and Jerry Moss. He's the M in a and A&M Records is Albert Moss. Jerry Moss is the M, owner of the company. And we just stood there backstage on the side of the stage watching Leon Russell and Joe Cocker do Mad Dogs and Englishmen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had some very special moments um, that I won't forget. Yeah,
0: Awesome. All right, well, reach out to Dr. Love for all your real estate needs and uh, yeah, any, any stories from the music industry, too. Uh, as far as what you might need this weekend... Yes, what's happening in the Hamptons. Yep, I'm going to tell you what's happening in the Hamptons. Did you um, correctly pick the Super Bowl winner last week? You said Tampa, right? Oh,
2: yeah. Tom Brady all the way. Tampa, oh, right? Told and you. it was
0: only me and, and Kieran won with the Chiefs. You've never bet against Tom yeah, Brady yeah, after six rings. Yeah,
2: of course. <laughs> um, so it's, but it's yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, coming it's out. Valentine's Day, and Noel, I know you're a restaurant guy. Nick no. and Tony's is having a yep. Valentine's Day dinner. Uh, they're doing it Sunday. It's going to be $120 a person, and it's an a la carte menu. So that's going to be really great. Oh, um, we got Noel Love
3: for the Valentine's Day <laughs> episode of the podcast. We didn't
2: ha- do that on purpose. No,
3: I just realized that. That's amazing. <laughs> I, 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 I just
2: realized that. Too. Oh, yeah. wow. We, we didn't do that on purpose. Dr. Love, so your opinion on Nick and Tony's? You like Nick and I Tony's? I love Nick and Tony's. Mark <laughs> <Eat laughs> kidding me. Kudos to Mark Smith. Yeah, hard to beat that place. But, yep, so they're having a really nice Valentine's Day. We can't tell anybody we
0: didn't do that on purpose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also at the White Room Gallery is uh, an expedition called Love on the Brain. Wow. This is the one weekend that I just get everything I want. It's just all love. It's all love. It's all about love. So that starts on Friday, and it's beautiful mixed-media paintings with a focus on love. Um, These are must-see pieces of art, um, and this is located right in Bridgehampton, and this is just one of my favorite art galleries in the Hamptons. So I strongly recommend, if you uh, aren't doing anything, to pop in there. Uh, And then the Longhouse Reserve in um, East Hampton. um, As we all know, Jacqueline or Larson passed away this year. Um, uh, he's the, uh, he was the guy that you know, started it. Yep. It was his house. He basically built the house and then turned it into like a museum yep. for the community. Easily one of my favorite ah, just, venues just in the Hamptons. Yeah, overwhelmingly yeah. beautiful. Um, but, so they're having a virtual benefit February 14th at 6 p.m. via Zoom. Uh, and it's, just, it's all going to raise money for uh, the Longhouse Reserve. Um, and there's going to be uh, live music, Noel. There'll be live music played by uh, G.E. Smith. He will be there oh, on the Zoom to play live as well as uh, Hampton's local Rufus Wainwright will Rufus also playing, Wainwright great talent um, among others and it'll be hosted and it'll you know be a fun venue uh, to do from your house. Um, and you know, socially distance, of
1: course, and everything else. I'm surprised they don't have Jimmy Kimmel there. He's a local man. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay. We had
0: G uh-huh. Smith on uh, one of our Happening in the Hamptons yeah. yeah, a couple yeah. years back. He's a he's cool a guy. Yeah. He's, he was.
1: He's a talkouts regular.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was a super cool. Uh, yeah. He had some cool stories too. Yeah,
2: guys. So those are my top three. That's yeah. So that's what I recommend you guys do this weekend. That's, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and as planned,
0: I
1: meant uh, Jimmy Fallon, not Jimmy Kimmel. I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> as planned, <laughs> we had
0: uh, no love. On the Valentine's Day episode this week That was not a mistake So thank you for joining us We appreciate it uh, You have your website It's drlove.com,
1: right? Nope, lovehamptons.com Lovehamptons.com And Saunders.com. Check it and out Dr. Love on my car On his license plate just <laughs> Everything that. revolves around love You can't I'm trying
2: to say something Before we wrap it up I remember I saw that Before I was in real estate I saw that license plate You know Before I worked at Saunders and I thought you were like, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. He, he might he must be like a uh, like a like a romance therapist or yeah. something. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like really curious. I was really curious yeah. what you did for a living. Dr. Love, now selling Hamptons Real Estate. <laughs> um, also be sure to check out Soners.com. Guys, thanks so much for for joining us today. Uh, once again, the Happening in the Hamptons podcast is sponsored by Newer Title Abstract, the Hamptons leading title insurance firm. Visit neurotitle.com or titleinsurance.com. That's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Andrew Dowd, and that is what's happening in the hemp.